Welcome to Find Your Niche, a career podcast offering advice that you can implement today, as well as career tips that will set you on a career path and help you to find your niche. I'm Lori Cole, certified career coach and job search advisor with iHire. iHire connects you to industry-specific jobs in over 57 talent communities. Find your niche today on iHire. This was a shocking statistic to me. One in four people have a disability. Today, we're going to be talking to Kevin McCluskey. He is the Senior Director of Partnership Development at Disability Solutions. Kevin's gonna tell us all about some of the companies he works with to hire and train people with disabilities successfully. We'll also offer some career advice if you're someone with a disability looking for work, and I'll tell you where you can find these jobs. Here are the latest trends, topics, and tips that will help you in your job search. When you're searching for a job, it can be overwhelming. And if you have a disability, it can be even more discouraging, even if your disability doesn't affect your job performance. The good news is that employers realize that people with disabilities are a huge talent pool. So if you have a disability, here are some things that you should keep in mind during the job search process so that it's a lot less stressful. Seek out inclusive employers. A lot of the job postings have a section detailing the company's equal opportunity employment commitment. This EOE statement basically means that the employer is pledging not to discriminate based on race, color, religion, sex, national origin, age, or disability. You'll want to make sure that you're applying for jobs with this EOE statement and that the company culture is inclusive. You'll want to be honest about your disability in a job interview. Now, talking about your disability in an interview is really entirely up to you. It is illegal for interviewers to ask you about your disability, the nature of the disability, how severe it is, and this is covered under the Americans with Disabilities Act. But an employer can ask you questions about your ability to perform certain functions of the job and ask you to describe how you would accomplish those functions. So you're better off being open and honest about these situations, and that will show that you are confident and capable. Also understand what reasonable accommodations you may need and be prepared to talk about that in the interview. In most cases, making reasonable accommodations for a disabled employee does not cost the company much money at all. And remember, there's no shame in asking for what you need to succeed in this job. Because guess what? The employer wants you to be successful too. If you're just getting started in your career, try to find companies that offer job training programs specifically for people with disabilities. Job training programs can really prepare you for the type of work that you're going to do in your chosen field. And don't forget about internships, volunteering opportunities, gig assignments, freelancing, or part-time work. Those are all other ways to gain experience. Especially if you don't know precisely what you want to do, it's an excellent way to test out some of these different jobs, and see where your natural abilities and skills can take you. It's essential to understand that laws exist to protect job seekers with disabilities. If you're familiar with your protections in the workplace, you can apply for jobs and go into interviews with more confidence. 
People with disabilities are protected from discrimination under the Americans with Disabilities Act or the ADA. This is a law that we've already talked about, and it covers some things like protecting disabled workers with reasonable accommodations. It also covers allowing you to decline an answer to certain questions asked during an interview. But if you decide to decline answering these questions, be sure that you're being polite and professional when you do it. A disability shouldn't get in the way of finding a job. Let's hear from today's featured guests who has found their niche. I'd like to welcome Kevin McCluskey, Senior Director of Partnership Development at Disability Solutions. Kevin has worked directly with employers to develop programs to hire and train talent with disabilities. Their list of partners is very impressive and includes companies like Pepsi, Frito-Lay, and Bank of America. Kevin trains and educates employers on the benefits of hiring talent with disabilities and provides tools to help those employers best engage and support potential and current disabled employees. Kevin has a regular blog post and hosts a podcast called Changing Minds and Changing Lives. So Kevin, tell me about Disability Solutions. Sure. So uh, Disability Solutions is uh, what we call a consulting arm uh, of a nonprofit. That's our parent company, Ability Beyond. Uh, so Ability Beyond, our parent company, has been around for over 60 years in the Connecticut and New York area, providing all types of services directly to people with disabilities. Uh, about 10 years ago, uh, we really saw an opportunity to work with employers uh, to really educate them on the different types of disabilities out there and the talent value and the market value uh, and really help them put together a program to successfully go out there and recruit, hire, and retain talent with all types of disabilities. So, so that's what Disability Solutions is. Uh, our first uh, employer client ever was Pepsi Beverages, uh, which was, you know, I always say a great first client to have, a well-known huge brand and a wonderful customer. So uh, again, we're designed to really help employers uh, put together successful initiatives to uh, hire and recruit, recruit and hire people with disabilities. Now, I was looking at your website yesterday, and it said one in four people in the U.S. are considered to have a disability. So I was trying to think, you know, of, of the one in four people I know, who would those people be and, and what kind of disabilities are included on that list? Yeah, it's a great, great question. So a lot of what we do is our motto is changing minds and changing lives. Uh, we realized very early on education was a huge key component of what we do. Uh, so really educating on disability, what is a disability, is where we really start. Um, and a fun fact, 70% of disabilities are actually invisible or not readily noticeable. So it's not that you don't know people with disabilities. You probably just don't know they have disabilities. You know, sometimes we often first think of someone in a wheelchair or uh, uh, someone on, who has autism. And uh, we also forget some of those invisible disabilities as well. And I'm talking about diabetes, severe asthma, uh, cancer or cancer survivor. Uh, so the ADA really defines a disability as um, you know, something that affects one or more of your life's major activities. Uh, so when it comes to cancer, obviously that affected some activities. And it's also a record. So a cancer survivor falls under the, uh, the term of a disability as well. And then really just it's, it's something that affects one, of the, one or more of those life activities. And again, most people think of disability as like always affecting that individual. But, you know, someone with diabetes is 99% of the time, okay, but they are reliant on 
know, insulin shots, or they might experience some episodes several, you know, a few times throughout the year. Um, again, disabilities is really everywhere. Again, one in four, uh, the couple of examples I just gave, but uh, we've got to keep in mind that 70% of disabilities are actually invisible. So you probably just don't know people have disabilities um, and they're, they're dealing with it and they're just doing just great. Does attention deficit or ADHD fall within that realm? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. A lot of those learning disabilities is again, fall into that category is invisible. We attended a disability lunch and learn a couple of months ago, and that person was talking about the number of people that are on the autism spectrum that you just don't even know about. They're just on there somewhere, and that would count as a disability for them. Yeah, and there, again, there's a, that that stigma or fear of disability where we we have our own thoughts of what a disability looks like. Uh, and again, when we talk to employers, they're like, oh, this is great. You know, we're going to hire people with disabilities, but, you know, what kind of jobs can they do or how are we going to accommodate people with disabilities? And that's where we saw the education piece was so critical because people with disabilities can do every job. We've hired, um, I would say this, we hired warehouse workers, sales reps, leaders with Pepsi and other companies we've helped, uh, like scientists and and engineers and all different roles. Uh, so people with disabilities cut across all diverse races and all that good stuff. Um, so not everyone person with disability is is good fit for a janitor role or something like that. So that's our job is really proving the point that there's you know one in four people with disabilities out there in America. They can do each and every one job. You're just looking for the right person for the right job, just as anyone else would. Um, so people with disabilities can do every job, just finding the right fit. How do candidates find out about your services? How do they know that they should come to your website and sign up as one of the candidates? Yeah, so it's a little bit confusing sometimes, but Disability Solutions, we work directly with the employers. Uh, So there's wonderful organizations like our parent company, Ability Beyond, uh, that has job seeker services and works directly with the job seekers. Uh, We kind of 180 it and work directly with the employers to one, make, again, put together programs that they can successfully do it. There's a lot of kind of programs that are like siloed off where, you know, we're going to hire people with disabilities for these roles over here or this specific group of people with disabilities for these roles. Uh, We want and the employers to make their whole recruiting process inclusive of people with disabilities as well, because there's benefits there and we've seen them. Uh, so again, the employers pay us to help that help them put together these programs. And we do you know, job, job uh, description review, accessibility, uh, so on and so forth, a lot of different things. But as a job seeker, uh, we also, that's what I call our greatest asset is the job seekers and those community-based organizations uh, that work with job seekers with disabilities. Uh, so our career center is on our site. So disabilitytalent.org is our main site. Uh, you can click on the right corners, our career center. And that takes um, the, the job seeker or the partner to our employer's partner's jobs. Um, so you could sign up for free alerts. You can post your resume. You can do all that stuff. Uh, one thing's great about our, resume, our, our job board is it's free for everyone. So anyone with a disability could uh, apply for a job with any company that we're working with. They don't have to sign up. Uh, we don't want to create any extra barriers to employment. So they could just uh, see a job with Pepsi, for example, and apply to that role. And what happens is it takes them right into Pepsi's uh, applicant tracking system. So individuals, when you apply in our career center, it's gonna, you're going to apply with that company. You're going to hopefully interview with that company, hopefully be hired with that company and spend the rest of your life with that company. Um, so we're kind of doing where there's organizations working directly with job seekers. We're working with their employers to really increase that pipeline of talent. And that talent so happens to have a disability. Uh, so again, job seekers can go and visit that that career site and, and really find employers that are looking to be inclusive of people with disabilities. 
Are the candidate applications tagged somehow then as a DEI application or, or do, does the applicant tracking system know that it came from your organization? So on the back end and the compliance end of it, you'll there's sometimes there's a tag that will show it's from our career center, uh, but we do not share any personal information. So that personal information would go into the applicant tracking system of that employer. Uh, so when you fill out the resume, you know, upload your resume, fill out the information. Um, so they do not know it came from you. You came from us, I mean. Um, so in that application, it's, you know, if you select, yes, I have a disability, that's where we know that there's success of getting through. Um, so we're just tracking basically clicks on the jobs, applies on those jobs, and how many talent partners we're reaching out to for the employers. Uh, but again, we're not, we don't grab any personal information. We don't require it at all. What are some of the other associations that you work with within the disability community? I know that you mentioned community outreach. Do do most of the disability organizations know about you and they're able to funnel people to you? Yeah, what we do is, uh, again, to make these programs successful is a huge part of our job is creating, researching, engaging, and having these relationships with what we call our talent partners. And again, those are community-based organizations providing any services to uh, job seekers with disabilities. And that could be a high school transitioning program. It could be a college. It could be a tech school. It could be vocational rehab, which we work very closely with. It could be America Job Center. It could be a, a veteran group, such as the VA and Wounded Warrior Project. Uh, so our job is really to develop those disability partners for our uh, employers and then provide that proactive outreach. And we like to kind of embed ourselves in the, in the companies and understand the jobs. Uh, so if a job seeker or a talent partner comes to us, we can kind of explain what the, what those jobs are, what the, applicant, what the application process is going to look like, and again, educate them as much as possible so they're able to find that best talent and refer that over for those right roles. Because uh, we're not, again, we don't, we don't pressure employers to hire people with disabilities because that's really a lose-lose for everyone. You know, it's got to be a right fit. The individual needs to be able to do the job. The company needs a, a person who can do that job and, you know, with or without a reasonable accommodation. But our job is to really find those best matches. Again, people with disabilities aren't specifically good for one role. That person, that individual is good for a, a specific role. Um, so again, to answer your question, we work with all those different employers or uh, partners across the country. We have about 10,000 different partners that we work with. And it could be just sometimes you send them emails. Sometimes you do career events. I, I do a lot of virtual career events. Uh, I work closely with the Wounded Warrior Projects on some events as well. Um, again, just really educating them as much as possible with the employer information so they could best refer those individuals over to us. Could you tell us about a couple of your success stories? Sure, sure, sure. And also, want to, I'll put out there real quick. I, I, one thing we see with job seekers is again, we have that career center that's a benefit for them. But we also do some live trainings, and we have some wonderful resources on our YouTube channel. Because what we see, and it's not really just job seekers with disabilities; it's kind of all job seekers, is they might get past that application, they might pass the assessment on an application, and they get to that interview, and that's where they really fall off. So it's, I would say it's a very uncomfortable situation for both sides of the table. You know, no one really asked you, you know, tell me about a mistake you made at work in your regular life. So you don't know how to answer those questions. So we do a lot of uh, job seeker prep too and help the partners understand the best preparation. Uh, so that's another um, asset we have for job seekers. And again, it's all free for job seekers. So some success stories is that we've seen that, right? So we've seen people really not fail that interview because they just don't know how to answer those questions properly. You know, say, oh, I've never made a mistake. And we've all made mistakes. So really what they're looking for is tell me a time you, you messed up and you were able to fix that mistake. And, you know, there's a positive outcome. 
Uh, so we help with stuff like that. And those, those personal stories, when you hear that individual, you know, you, you give them those tips before they go into the interview and be successful and get that job. And they're like, I never would even thought to answer that question that way. Cause they just don't know, but that's what the employer is expecting. So that kind of that education on both sides is uh, where we see some really great results. Uh, as far as success, I'm so proud to be working for this company because you know, businesses need to see results and we're able to provide those business results. We're not, again, it's not charity employment. We're helping you find some really great employment and, and uh, employees and that employee happens to have a disability. I, I think my, my greatest success is working with Pepsi. To be honest with you, I say Pepsi all the time. I'm, I'm known as a Pepsi ambassador. You know, I make my wife buy all the Pepsi products because we support what they do. Uh, so we've just wrapped up about 10 years with them and we also expanded into Frito-Lay in 2020. Uh, so we're, we're seeing some great results there. And just looking at the data from 2019 to 2020, and then when we started working with Frito in 21, you see such an increase of applications of people uh, selecting, yes, I have a disability on the application process, and that translates into hires. And just to see those numbers grow uh, each month and every time we get the data, it is so wonderful. Uh, so I can talk for hours about all the success we've seen, but just to see that number and that we're making an impact and people with disabilities are getting hired is great. And uh, especially after the last two years, there's been so many more opportunities for people with disabilities with the work from home aspect where uh, they can't physically get to an office or you know maybe they have transportation issues or physical issues or medical device issues, uh, but they're able, they, but they have the right skills and experience to be successful. So getting them into a role where they can actually be successful in competitive employment from home uh, has been a huge win for us as well and the disability community at large. That's a really good point because I'm sure COVID kind of changed the landscape of what you all were doing. But with the ability to work remote, talk to us about how people have adapted to that and if that has been a positive thing. Yeah, there's. I think there's both positive and negative sometimes. Like positive has been it's increasing more opportunities for people with disabilities. It's also at this point, employers are kind of struggling to find the talent because if you haven't adapted, if you don't have work at home opportunities, if you don't have flexible hours or, or great benefits, those companies are losing employees and not being able to attract them anymore. Uh, so if you're a company that's really engaging and flexible with your work atmosphere, and again, you know, some jobs have to be done on, on site or offsite or somewhere, but the, if you are open to those opportunities and realize that, um, you know, those jobs can be done from home. That's very, very helpful. And again, people with disabilities have kind of been begging for the opportunity to work from home for years. And we're constantly saying, no, you can't, you can't do that job from home. You know, you got to be here in their physical office. Right. It's, it's not true. Uh, and we've also seen uh, a huge opportunity for employers realizing that they're struggling to find in talent and have never thought of recruiting people with disabilities because of those stigmas. And now they're actually coming out, coming to us and we've had great business in the last two years. So they're coming to us and saying, you know, I hear you have talent. I'm like, how do you, how can you help us find talent? And we're able to, again, turn that around and see a huge increase right away over the first six months. There's always some kind of big increase that we can show our employers that we're working with that it's working and it makes business sense. Uh, on the flip side of it, uh, working from home and COVID in general and pandemic, uh, it had some negative effects, especially with mental health. You know, we've seen um, increased signs of uh, or symptoms in mental health of those who might have kind of uh, you know, less less symptoms. Uh, those are heightened now. There's more cases of mental health. So uh, again, going back to the employer side of it, if there's employers that are engaging and open and, and have that open door policy and allow a day off without you know immediate criticism, uh, so those kind of really supporting your employees 
those employers are having more success. And uh, I think we need that more nowadays than ever. Uh, obviously, we want to get the business and the work done, but you got to be open to your um, your employees and let them you know, let them get a breather once in a while and take a break. Absolutely. And I think that you're seeing that focus more on mental health across the board, not just for people with disabilities, but for everyone that's working from home. There are some people that were born to do it, like me. I love it. I love working from home. I love the autonomy. But there are other people that struggle. They they gain their energy from being around other folks in the office. And, and that has been a struggle for them not being around anyone. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side, again, I, I, I'm a very personable person, but I love my alone time <laughs> and I, I like working from home because I get that quiet time and I can focus on my work. And sometimes I just, I'm uncomfortable having some, some conversations that I don't want to be in sometimes. So being at home is very good for me. But again, you said it could be the opposite for those who kind of need that, you know, that, that, that social butterflies in the office who love to go around and you know, bake cookies and stuff like that, which is all good. So again, for employers who are, are providing those outlets and Zoom meetings and not just work Zoom meetings, but like a happy hour or something fun or, you know, a team building exercise via, via Zoom has been helpful too, to just get people to see people and, and be open and not just talk about work all the time. You mentioned before about reasonable accommodation. I think a lot of employers feel like that would be a very expensive proposition for them. But in reality, it doesn't cost very much to make most reasonable accommodations, right? Correct. Correct. And and especially with the pandemic, we're, we're making accommodations already for most of our employees. So that's, a, what, that's also something we need to get out of, that, out of our heads is um, if you want to support your employees and it doesn't cost a lot of money, it's, it's good. Like an extra screen, you know, it's not going to cost that much money, but turning someone over who needs that extra screen might cost 10,000 or $15,000. Uh, the turnover costs are huge. So that's kind of the, the first thing we hear. Actually, the first thing we hear is we don't hire people with disabilities or people with disabilities can't do our jobs, which again, we talked about earlier. They can. The second thing usually is, okay, we're, we're excited to hire people with disabilities, but how are we going to accommodate all of them? And again, a myth that's out there that disability definitely doesn't equal accommodation. Uh, It doesn't. Again, with with Pepsi, we hired about close to 3,000 individuals with disabilities, and I can count on both hands how many accommodations were needed to be made, and zero of them cost any money. Uh, So accommodations could be like moving your desk or changing the lighting, bringing your desk up, bringing a desk low for a wheelchair. There's many things that you can do to help that employee be successful. And they also forget the word in front of accommodations, which is reasonable accommodations. So reasonable accommodations is not changing the jobs or the hiring metrics or anything like that. Again, our job is to prove that people with disabilities can do the job just as good, if not better than those without. Um, so when you're, you're thinking about your accommodation process, uh, the most important thing to do is make sure it's open and interactive and understandable and findable. <laughs> um, we do a lot of discovery work with our employers and we'll call the accommodation hotline and it's voice box is full or you email it and it doesn't go to anywhere besides like the chief, the chief accessibility officer or someone like that who is probably not in charge of accommodations. Uh, so just make sure that your policy is good. It's not just legal mumbo jumbo, it's inclusive. It makes a, a person with a disability feel comfortable going through that process. Uh, also make it sure it's interactive because that person knows their disability, they knew who they are, they know what they need to be successful. And again, remember it's gotta be reasonable. So it can't change the job or change the functions or stuff like that. So, but again, not everyone with a disability is gonna need an accommodation. And also, you're giving accommodations already. 
I believe that you said one of the services that you provide is helping employers with their job descriptions and making mm-hmm. sure that they're exactly right to go out on the web. Tell us a little bit more about how you do that. Sure. Uh, so we do a couple of things with the job descriptions, but really we're looking at it to see if there's one, is it up to date? Uh, most most companies that we talk to about their job descriptions, they're like, oh, we haven't looked at those in years. So we really want to see what it looks like in the current state of the job. Sometimes it's just like clicking a box on your applicant tracking system or something to, you know, you think you need as a requirement. Like, oh, yeah, you know, it says 30 to 45 pounds you got to do. So we'll select that. Usually there might be some little lifting that, you know, could be accommodated in some way with a hand truck or something like that. Uh, so we look at those jobs and say, hey, is this the current status of the job? We work with the managers who are, who are managing those individuals and see, is this what the job really looks like right now? And most of the time they're like, I ah, know that's, we can cross out, we can cross out, cross out. And then we look at um, uh, diversity language as well, make sure it's more diverse friendly. Uh, there's gender stuff in there that we see all the time that sometimes are you know, those warehouse jobs are really written for men in a ways. Um, it's surprising. Some language that you probably wouldn't even realize it unless you work with us and go through that. Uh, so that's been a very positive response we've seen with employers that we work with who do the job description review. And just looking at it from a different lens and just make sure it's more friendly. And we've seen a lot of job seekers discouraged from applying to some of these roles for some of those things that are you know under the required category, but not really required. So when you take those out, you're getting more people applying to those roles. You also have a podcast. Tell us a bit more about that. Sure. So the podcast is called Changing Minds, Changing Lives after our motto uh, that our wonderful executive director, Julie Sowash, uh, came up with. And it's just, um, I'll be honest, there's a lot of negativity in this world right now. So I, I, we love to bring some positive light to it. So we have uh, people with disabilities on to talk about their success and, and what they've done. Uh, in their world, we've had organizations like the Amputee Coalition we just had on to kind of talk about what they do and some of the resources that they have for uh, the individuals they serve. And really just getting the word out there that anything around disability inclusion at the workplace and sharing these success stories to let employers know and people in general know that people with disabilities are here and they're everywhere and they can do your jobs. Uh, it's just giving the opportunity to actually get that job in front of people is a huge opportunity. Um, so the podcast, it really gets changing minds, changing lives, just really showing, uh, shining a, a spotlight on the good things happening in uh, the disability inclusion world. And right now that can be found on YouTube. And I believe I also found it from clicking on your website. Is that correct? Yep. At disabilitytalent.org. Uh, it's under the podcast section. Click on there. They're all there. You click on one, it will take you to the YouTube channel. Um, but we have those up there on our site and on YouTube. And again, they're just kind of quick, quick uh, interviews with those in the uh, disability inclusion world doing good things. Is there anything else, any questions I didn't ask you, anything else you want to talk about or plug or think that people should know about? Sure. Uh, so I believe the audience here is job seekers. So if you're a job seeker with disability, um, you know, get out there, utilize our, our, our services, um, the job board. Again, these are employers looking to hire people with disabilities, looking to recruit people with disabilities and give that opportunity to them. So there's some good job opportunities out there. But when it comes to going to that interview, that's where we see a lot of people fall off. So make sure you're practicing those interview skills. You know, you can use our YouTube things. You can work with a talent partner. Make sure you're preparing yourself to go to that job. And I uh, also want to dispel a myth around selecting, yes, I have a disability on the, on the application form. That doesn't go to the hiring manager. It doesn't go on your resume. It doesn't go anywhere besides kind of like secretly information. And they're asking people with disabilities to 
self-identify as a person with disability for compliance reasons. They have to show that to the government. Again, it's not to be used against you. So that's kind of a myth that we see with job seekers. And again, companies that are doing it, you're going to help them be even better. Companies that aren't doing it are going to get poor audits and, and they're going to have to be kind of forced to do it. Uh, and we don't want to force anyone to do it, but we want to make sure they're educated on what they can do and see the benefits of really, again, going out there and recruiting and hiring people with disabilities. It's good for business. It's good for people with disabilities as well. We appreciate our featured guest for joining the Find Your Niche podcast. Now, more career advice and stories from your host, Lori Cole. If you'd like to know more about the work Kevin's organization does, visit the website at disabilitytalent.org. And you can also visit their career center, jobs.disabilitytalent.org. Be sure to listen to Kevin's podcast on YouTube entitled Changing Minds, Changing Lives. Is there something you need some guidance on in terms of your career? Email to laurie.cole at ihire.com. Thanks for listening.